like so many others, who you are is largely a result of your past. We have so many positive and not so positive experiences that we start to doubt ourselves and our place in this world. Let the healing process start now. Welcome to Shift Happens with Karin Weary, Ida Serena Lee, and John Kennedy. When you start to focus on healing from the inside out, you'll learn so much more about your own health, your well-being, and your state of mind. Once you've started on that, the rest gets a little bit easier every day. Now, here is your host, Karin Weary, and this week's co-host... Hello, everyone. I am indeed Karen Weary, your host, and I am going to be it for today. Today, we are going to talk about something that I was actually inspired by. Uh, I think it was over the weekend. I listened to a podcast and I heard uh, somebody talking about mentioning a study that was done <laughs> where they, what they did, they took some students and uh, put them in a room to, to quietly just go ahead and, and sit alone with their thoughts. And the results that came out of this study was absolutely mind-blowing to me. And I thought, you know what? I think this is something that is going to be a really good topic to discuss today because I, it goes right along with um, some of the some of my main uh, things that I talk about, and if you haven't heard me before, I am uh, Karen Weary. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I've been working with people for twenty uh, some years, a long time, and uh, and so over a couple of decades, you start to notice that there are patterns, and um, you know, and patterns and behavior and patterns and how uh, people come to be in the place where they are. And personally, my experience, both personally, but also professionally, is that I find that I'm really not a big fan of diagnosing people with all kinds of fancy um, diagnoses and whatnot, because what I think that is mostly going on with people is just life has happened, events have happened that have been challenging, many times starting way back from childhood. And uh, I, you know, and one of the things is that it doesn't really matter if it was 10, 15, 50 years ago, uh, events can have this deep imprint on us as a human being, uh, in, on our soul, in our in our energy field, on every which way, uh, which as we are getting more and more into uh, quantum physics and neuroimmunology, psychology, where there are more and more different fields that are merging together because we're discovering that we're not all these separate uh, entities and you can't look at them separately they all come together our thoughts cause emotions which over time affect our well not over time immediately affects us physiologically and so when we start to pull it all together we get to have the real picture of what's really going on so um, one of my main things is that I love to talk about how um, how 
because people, they've gotten so good at self-diagnosing, <laughs> you know, where, they, you know, we read a lot, we go on Google, everybody talks about anxiety and depression, and, you know, people will Google these, these um, uh, symptoms and find out, yep, I hit every single one of them, so ergo, I am anxious, I have anxiety, and I need to go to the doctor, and I need to go get some medication. And when, in reality, what is really going on is that People uh, just have had so much going on in their life that it's all added up and kind of like a pressure cooker. You keep adding, 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 adding on top of each other and you get to the point where there is an overflow. And so in, I'm going to go ahead and I found this article that was about this study that I heard about that inspired me to this uh, episode that I have named Driven to Distraction. Now, in this ed- article, there is a um, uh, 1654 from ni- 1654 scientist and philosopher Blaise Pascal. He wrote, "All of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone," and that is what this is all about. And I think I agree that this is something that is a, a big part of our underlying issues. Um, cause of a lot of issues that people are having. So there was a study a few years ago in the Journal of Science that found that many people choose to self-administer an electrical shock rather than sit quietly in a room alone with their thoughts. Now, I don't know about y'all, but that is very disturbing to me. Erin uh, Westgate, she was a PhD student, student in psychology at the University of Virginia. She um, uh, conducted this study. And uh, when, uh, so how it went was that they went ahead and brought people into the lab, told them that they were going to be asked to sit alone in an empty room for 10 to 20 minutes. Let me repeat this, 10 to 20 minutes. that's it 10 to 20 minutes they took everything away from them cell phones watches ipods etc anything that they could be distracted from then they showed uh participants some random pictures and then finally they pointed a nearby button which the when they pressed it would give them an electrical shock and they actually had each participant press the button for the shock just for practice and then asked them how unpleasant it was and whether they'd pay money to not be shocked again. All of the participants said that the shock was very unpleasant and that, yes, they would pay money to avoid being shocked again. However, the researchers then asked the test study subjects to sit and entertain themselves with their own thoughts for 10 to 20 minutes. There were only two rules that they weren't allowed to get out of the chair and they couldn't fall asleep. And they encouraged the participants to enjoy themselves with pleasant thoughts. And then if they did really want to uh, receive another electrical shock, go ahead and just push that darn button. So Westgate said that the research team had debated this aspect of the study. It was ridiculous, some thought, to think that people would actually choose to shock themselves. However, they were astounded by the results. What they did, even though they had already told them that they did not like the shock, they had already told them that they would pay to not receive the shock again. What happened was that 
um, they found that 70% of the men and 25% of the women chose to shock themselves during that 12 minutes instead of just sitting there and entertaining themselves by their thought. You know, <laughs> so the big, best, big, next big question is why would somebody do this? Why is it so hard to atten- entertain ourselves with our thoughts that we're willing to turn to almost anything to avoid it? Now, so the researchers uh, at the university, they thought, you know what, let's go ahead, because of course they usually use uh, university students, and they thought, well, let's go ahead and go ahead and, and test a wider uh, part of this population. And they pretty much got the uh, very same results when they got a wider um, community of, of volunteers. So this uh, other group of people that they tested, they were adults far past college age, and they had them sit in their home without the shock since they weren't able to supervise them and ask them to do the same thing. Just sit there at a time of their own choosing when they were alone and entertain themselves with their thoughts for 10 to 15 minutes. And again, they were terrible at it. Over half of the participants confessed to cheating. They weren't supposed to get on their phones or talk to other people, but over half said they had. And those were just the ones that were honest with them. And so this is just brings a whole other level of questions that, uh, you know, what is really going on here with that? And, uh, and why is it that we are having such a hard time to just sit and, and, and think? And, you know, because it's not as though we don't uh, daydream. We don't get lost in our thoughts, you know, while walking down the street or taking a shower or while we're driving, you know. Um, so it's not that we can't enjoy our own time in our head, but it's more about doing it deliberately, and, you know, this can also explain why a lot of people, they say that they can't meditate, but it's really about training because it's, it's just training a new part of your mind. And so we tend to want to be drawn outside of ourselves as a, for entertainment as opposed to entertain ourselves from within. Now, one thing that uh, is just coming to my mind, they did not talk about whether people tend, these people tended to be introverts or extroverts, but out of a whole entire study when they had that many people who would shock themselves or, you know, not follow through with it, um, I, I can't believe that they had all extroverts in, in you know, a, a random a group of people who, um, that, they, that they tested that were part of the the study so um so yeah here is uh just something that uh really goes along with how if we cannot refuse to take some time to be sit and contemplate quietly then how are we supposed to review things that have happened in our life because this is really how we how we learn from experiences we we do need to review i'm not talking about get lost in you know in issues that have happened but uh, 
and, and not get caught up in overthinking because that's what a lot of other people do. You know, people who tend to be very analytical and and overthink everything. It's it's always a balance, right? So that means that we need to take some time to to contemplate and and sit quietly and and this is also when many times we come up with creative ideas when we just kind of get lost when we're not caught up in in all different kinds of distractions so so what are the distractions that we tend to get caught up in well you know there's tv there's the devices as was mentioned in the in the study there's social media which of course is part of being on the devices there's shopping food eating for some people it's you know getting all uh, caught up in in porn or sex uh, alcohol and drugs you know those would be some of the more you know and then like as i was saying with regards to medication because a lot of times people they are afraid that they can't handle their emotions or they their emotions seem so overwhelming that they uh, many times end up going to the doctor and there's another side note to the going to the doctor is that a lot of people they don't realize this field here of mental health is confusing for a lot of people and so they they don't know the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist in a licensed marriage and family therapist and all these other people. So let me just clarify that for you guys, that if you go to a psychiatrist, that is an MD, that is a doctor who went through medical school and then they specialized in psychiatry. And if you go to a psychiatrist, they are 99.9% almost for sure going to uh, prescribe you medication no matter what. And so then there's a psychologist. A psychologist is someone who uh, generally has a PhD uh, and they do a lot of testing. They also do the actual counseling, whereas the psychiatrist is not going to do counseling. They're going to sit generally with you for five, ten minutes and, and then write a prescription. Not all psychiatrists. Some psychiatrists will take a little more time. It all just depends. Um, and then there's... Um, People like me, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, uh, mental health counselor, social worker. We all have master's degrees. Some of us are licensed, some are not. I'm licensed in the state. And what we do is we sit down and we do uh, therapy. So you will spend uh, generally an hour with us and we will figure out what what is the, what are the underlying causes of what is going on. So that's good to know because when you're reaching out and uh, you are looking for something specific to know what you're going to get. Some people have had not very nice um, surprises when they have gone to their appointments thinking it was one thing and it was, turned out to be something else. Now, what's the problem with this, some of the costs of these distractions is that, first of all, we lose touch with ourselves. A lot of people don't know, kind of kind of don't know themselves, and they don't know how to read themselves and don't trust themselves when it comes to um, kind of making decisions and whatnot, or just go on autopilot and, and just go with whatever or, or react instead of respond. And the difference to when those two to me is that you react or you just go with first instinct and just, you know, if you're angry or irritated, you just, you know, blabber all that out and, and say 
mean things or whatever's on your mind with no filter. And responding means listening, observing yourself, zooming out a little bit, contemplating how best to respond, and then respond. So two very big differences. So when we lose touch with ourselves, and then we can't really uh, regulate our emotions, which is what I was just describing right there. And what also happens is not only do we lose touch with ourselves, we also lose um, touch in relationships. And, you know, whether that's with our kids, with our spouses, our significant others, family, in in our jobs, whatever. Um, And I find that this is just very disempowering because people think that they can't handle, they don't trust themselves that they can handle what is coming up when in reality, you can handle it. And, but if you have gone, you know, your entire life, sometimes decades, not paying attention to anything, stuffing it, distracting, not wanting to look at anything that's going on. And there is now a lifetime of things, events, emotions, whatever that's been piled up. It's going to feel overwhelming in the beginning. And, um, but that's just, it. if you think of it yourself as a pressure cooker and you've, you know, added all this steam and pressure and then now all of a sudden you're going to let it out. Yeah, it's going to, it could explode if you're not doing it right. But as you let some steam out a little at a time, there's less and less and less pressure in the pressure cooker. And then, you know, once you get used to, um, managing and and processing things as they come up, then you're not going to be in that situation where you have all this pent up pressure that's going to explode. And that is the whole point. So that's a lot of what I do when I work with people. And, uh, And speaking of which, if you are interested in really gaining more insight and more uh, more in depth into uh, all this stuff, one for one, you can go join me. Um, ask to become a part of my um, becoming limitless manage anxiety uh, group on Facebook, and I'm happy to have you there. You can also go and shift happens our Facebook group over there, and. Insights Counseling Center, which is my private counseling um, Facebook page. Also, uh, I have some things that are coming up. One is on um, on August 27th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are doing a follow-up on the consciousness panel where we are going to be talking about how we can raise our consciousness as we are dealing with world events as they are happening right now. Because there's a lot of stuff going on in the world and a lot of people that are feeling uh, out of sorts and not really knowing how to handle things. And that is what we are going to be discussing as a follow-up. We did the first one in June. So uh, we're going to be talking a little bit further about that. On June 27th, you can go to eventbrite.com and find the new Consciousness Project and uh, sign up to get the link because if you can't actually be there, you can get the uh, link afterwards to watch later. So we're going to be talking about more of the costs of driven to distractions in the next segment. We're going to listen to a couple of messages. So uh, come right on back after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. 
Insight's Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to W at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. And we are back with Shift Happens. I am Karen Weary, your host, and we love, love, love to hear your responses, your thoughts, your ideas, um, uh, things that you've experienced uh, with regards to the topics that we talk about, uh, what your thoughts are on what we talked about. And uh, we would love to have you uh, go ahead and and correspond with us you can go to my email as was just you know left here during the intro and or you can go to our shift happens facebook page where we love to interact with our audience and listeners and if you find that this is a topic that is inspiring you or it makes you think about somebody that you know that could be helpful for them please do feel free to to share this episode and pay it forward and um so that other people can also benefit from this information here. Because uh, what we're talking about today is something that has really become 
uh, well, talk about pandemics. <laughs> I think this is more of a real pandemic that's going on, uh, driven to distraction that we uh, have gotten to a place where we are so used to having something going on, entertaining us, keeping our attention at all times. And to the point where a study was done that where they were asking people to sit alone in a room, uh, gave them, showed them some images, I don't know what the images were of, and, and encouraged them to sit and entertain themselves with their own pleasant thoughts. You know, think of something, anything. And um, for 10 to 20 minutes, and they took their devices away from them so they didn't have anything to, you know, they didn't have, you know, how people were on our phones all the time. We have, you know, two seconds, and we'd look on our phone and look to see who's been noticing what and who's liked what and who's posting this and who's had what for lunch and, you know, what kind of eyebrows does this person have now type of thing. And we get really caught up in all of that. And guess what they discovered? It was completely, utterly Un, not uh, suspected uh, completely on un- some results that they had not expected that they would get that because what what they also did was they ha- had this uh, electrical shock this button where people could shock themselves and uh, had them do before the study and people said that they, they all said that it was very unpleasant that they would pay to not have to do it again well in the study 70% of the males and 25% of the females uh, went, they were so uncomfortable with just sitting with their own thoughts that they shocked themselves. Yeah, and, and this is just mind-blowing to me. And so uh, I inspired me to this today's episode, which is all about what can we do? What, what are these distractions doing to us? And how can we... Uh, mend that because we can always I am all about empowering people and and a lot of that is because in our culture in the mainstream media in our families and over generations I find that there have been so many disempowering and limiting messages that we have been given over history and those are compounded over time. And when we get these kinds of messages, subliminally, uh, you know, or just subconsciously, I mean, our parents didn't even know that they were doing it. Um, You know, things, statements such as, for example, money doesn't grow on trees, you have to work hard to, you know, and and, uh, these kinds of statements are, oops, they're very, disempowering and and limiting that money's hard to get come by that you know oh like let's just look at the images of people in the media they many times they're you know perfect perfect uh you know size zero size one or two whatever kind of thing and and the guys are all you know full of muscle and this that and the other and and what we don't know is that they're probably all airbrushed and, and altered. Not that people, some people don't look like that, but they'll look perfect in the media. And so what are the subtle 
subliminal messages that we are getting growing up as we grow up with these kinds of images. And it's just one example of how we're affected. And so that how do we how do we take that? We then turn that inwards and and look at all of our imperfections. And because I'm not perfect, then I'm not good enough and uh, my self-esteem is going to suffer from it. And because I feel bad about myself, I, you know, I keep going on the social media and, and looking at different people and comparing myself and my life and, well, look at this person. They have this wonderful relationship, it looks like, on social media. And, <laughs> and uh, look at this person. They have this perfect body and they have this job and they whatever kind of thing. And so we're always comparing while we're distracting we're also comparing our lives to other people and and um so i'm going to talk a little bit in the in the last segment of today about what are some of the things that we can do to reverse this but in this segment i'm going to talk about the costs that it has and uh for example in in you know specifically in our relationships and so in relationships, what happens is that when we are so, we our, our attention span has gotten shorter and shorter and shorter. And you see this all the time in, in movies where people, they, you know, when they're having conversations and they interrupt. And you know how when they, in the movies, they always interrupt when somebody's getting ready to say something really pertinent, really, you know, something that would completely turn the whole thing around. And, you know, this is, of course, they do this for the plot because they want to move the story on and have create some drama and whatnot. However, I mean, in real life, we have plenty of drama going on, right? And and um, there is so much of it that could be eliminated if we just paid attention. If we could just zip our lips for 10 more seconds, maybe 30 seconds, and hear the other person out. Not just hear, you know, see that their lips were moving and blah, 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 you know, hear one or two words because I'm all busy with creating my own story and creating my own response before the other person has finished their sentence. No, actually really listen to them as though I actually really cared about them you know, uh, because when we do that, we can eliminate so many little misinterpretations, so many, um, so many uh, uh, of the subtleties that are also in in what somebody is saying. So, so if you are actually looking at the other person, it's not just words that are coming out of their mouth. There are also facial expressions. You can see in their eyes if they're excited or if they're sad or if they feel hurt or if they feel vulnerable, or if they're stressed out or whatever. And uh, you can see in their body language, are they sitting up straight and, and excited because things are going on and they're, they're excited, excited about what they're sharing? Or are they kind of slumping down or they kind of eyes are half closed because they're exhausted or, or whatever? And when you see, you're paying attention to all of that, uh, it's a really good idea to go ahead and also kind of let them know what it is that you're seeing. It's like, oh, you look really tired. And then they will confirm or deny whether they are, are 
that if they're tired. It's like, no, no, I was just, you know, yawning because whatever. And maybe they're not paying attention to themselves because they've been driven to distraction. And maybe you could be pointing some things out consistently so that they can start to learn how to pay more attention to themselves. This is all a give and take. Um, and when we, over time, we continue in a relationship, in an intimate relationship, we, or even with kids or, or, or friends who went out, and when we, over time, are not paying attention and we have all these misunderstandings and whatnot, we're not listening because we're, we have our own story going on in our head, which can be totally off of what the other person is saying, uh, then many times either, you know, there, that there's a, this gap in the relationship that people are getting becoming more and more disconnected from each other and it, it gets more and more tense, it gets more and more heavy, uh, that energy in the relationship and, and you can feel very lonely. It doesn't matter if you're in a room full of people, you can feel extremely lonely if you don't if you haven't developed connections with other people. And um, that's what we as human beings, we thrive on. Now, you may be an introvert and you may have had experiences in your life where you, you don't want to be with people. I certainly have and do work with people who have been through extreme abuse to where human beings are not associate with, associated with anything pleasant. Um, but that's that was only because of their experiences that were extreme and they were abused. And, um, you know, so that's a, a way to protect themselves. But as human beings, we are social creatures. We thrive on being connected. And in fact, our health, our physical health and our mental health all improves greatly when we are in, you know, healthy thriving relationships what you see is when you have kids and you are a conscious parent and you raise a kid and you get to see the effect of that and and how they handle things because you know if you have been a, a really effective parent and you have listened to who they are as a human being rather than your thoughts and ideas of what you want your child to be because there are parents who are like that. It's like, this is what my kid's supposed to do. This is what they're supposed to be like. They're supposed to go to college and da, da, da. And maybe that's not who your kid is. And so when you start to rigidly try to put somebody else, whether it's your kid or your spouse or whoever, uh, 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 into a square hole and they're a round peg, well, guess what? You are kind of dehumanizing them in a way you are not honoring who they are. You are not seeing them like an avatar. I see you. It's such a beautiful movie because what they're saying when they when they say that I see you instead of I understand you or hear you, this, that, and the other, it's like, no, I see all of you. I understand you. It's that deep, deeper level of connection. And when we're able to have that, we we feel more grounded. We feel more peaceful. All these pieces that people are missing, they're missing that. And this is one of the reasons why they look for distractions all the time because they're not finding that within. And, you know, one of the things that really upsets me also is when I see people, I'm seeing more and more people who 
with they had their little babies or toddlers and strollers and they hand them their phone or whatever other kind of electronic device and I don't care if you have something on there that you consider an educational program on that device. It is not appropriate for little kids to be on devices. What you're training them to do is to be driven to distraction, to have zero attention span. Toddlers, babies, and whatnot, they're perfectly happy just looking around. They're observing. They're seeing. They're taking everything in and just because you're bored doesn't mean that they are they they, everything is new and fresh and exciting and interesting to them and it's okay for us to be bored for a little bit that actually is part of what feeds us when we get to the place where we learn how it's okay to be bored for a little bit then we can start to get tap into our creative mind and become more creative and to start to create our own entertainment and when I I was fortunate that I grew up in a time before way before all this stuff was I'm 51 so you know that we did not have all these devices and so I had to and then I was an only child and uh, you know a lot of things going on we didn't where I lived we didn't have 24 7 TV and um, so I had to learn how to entertain myself and it's a very good thing to need to do. We actually, when we are teaching kids how to uh, totally be zoomed in on, on electronics and technology, which is really one of the sad parts of this this whole virus thing going on, how everybody's being taught online and this, that, and the other is, again, we're missing the human connectedness, which is so crucial to us as human beings, but as to children also as part of their um you know, social learning and and whatnot, but it's also um, it's so n- not human. You're you're talking to you know a device and you know texting it. There's so much. I've seen this in my son because he's had to do some of this, and he's in high school and he does not enjoy technology. Um, one of the few uh, that are left in the world of teenagers who don't like technology and other than his phone, he loves his phone, but that's okay. And, uh, and really uh, their ability to, to learn also is not just kids, but as adults, because we don't remember, we don't memorize things anymore. And we just go to Google and we look it up. And so we're actually finding that there, you know, our learning centers are, are, uh, shrinking because we are not using what was it that I heard Jim Quick was talking about how uh, he was saying that it's uh, like technological dementia that's happened that's not the words that he was using but that's basically what was going on so now in the we're getting ready to move into a couple of messages and when we come back I'm going to be talking a little bit more about what are some things that we can do to reverse the effects of this driven to uh, driven to distraction so that we can find our own inner peace without having to search for it outside of ourselves really to me um, personally and from people that I work with that learn how to do this there is no amount of money that you can put on having the ability to do this. This is what Dr. Bruce Lipton, one of the things I would say he, that he would also would say is creating heaven on earth, that we can do this right here, right now, 
all within our and within ourselves, within our brain, within our body. And uh, so uh, when we come back, I will be talking about some of that. Also want to just reiterate that on August 27th, we are having the follow-up panel of uh, the New Consciousness Project, which is we're going to be talking about how do we raise our vibration, our consciousness during this time where we have so many wild and crazy things going on in the world. So go to eventbrite.com, find uh, the new consciousness project and sign up to uh, be on that on August 27th. So we'll be right back after these few messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Insights Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. your health where you think it should be if you're like most people the answer is probably not where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track the answers start on occupy health each week host dr susan downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider you'll want to plan for your optimal health with occupy health listen fridays at 11 a.m pacific time 2 p.m eastern time on voice america health and wellness Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to Karin W. at InsightsCounselingCenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. Hello, everyone. I am Karen Weary. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist when I'm not on here. So I work with people and helping them how to resolve things that are going on, uh, how to deal with anxiety and depression and relationship issues. And I work with couples and I work with individuals and um 
a lot of different things and I absolutely love and adore working with people who are in the place where they are ready to go ahead and tackle whatever it is that's going on that is keeping them from reaching their their potential you know to keeping them from having that peace because really driven to distraction which is today's topic is all about we're in search of something as human beings and when we feel as though we don't have a purpose when we feel as though our life is empty when we feel as though we're not connected we're searching for it and we search for it outside of ourselves and when in reality we have it all within we have to go through and and practice some things we have to go kind of uh, get rid of a lot of debris to find it and um, and I find that the more we do that kind of work, the quicker we get to those results that we're looking for with regards to being able to find purpose, find meaning. We as human beings are meaning-making machines. We need to have uh, a, a reason for what is going on to explain things so that things make sense to us. And I heard of another another study that was done the other day when I was I listened to uh, quite a few podcasts. I, I I always like to get new ideas and and how can I implement this and that different ways of of talking about things that will help get uh, important points across to the people that I work with, and of course for myself as well. So and there was this one um, study also that was talked about where they were talking about people who um, who have short-term memory issues and where they had a doctor uh, shake hands with them and when they shook their hands, they, they poked them with a needle and so that it would hurt. And uh, then when they came back three minutes later and did the same thing to shake hands, the person, the people with the short-term memory uh, issue, they did not want to shake hands with the person. And when asked why, they were saying things like, oh, well, I feel nervous around people who wear lab coats or I'm afraid of germs or this, that, and the other. And that was not why, but somehow in their brain, they remembered, they made a connection between this person in the lab coat and shaking hands that was unpleasant, but they didn't remember because they were missing that short-term connection. However, because we're meaning-making machines, they made up their own story for it to make sense to them. And and that's that's kind of the whole point, that, that this is why uh, it's a really good idea to for us to learn how to become observers of ourselves. And when I'm when I say that it's important for us to learn how to become observers of ourselves is, you know, when you are inter having an interaction and you notice that uh, something the other person says or there's something that happens, something that just strikes you in a certain way, and maybe it brings up irritation or maybe it brings up 
love. It doesn't have to be something negative. Um, it could be anything. And so uh, becoming the observer of yourself is by zooming out a little bit, not laying into that emotion, but noticing, like, hmm, well, that's interesting. So when, when my, when my, you know, husband or wife said this particular thing, uh, would you mind helping me with this? It just really struck a nerve in me. That was interesting. What was that all about? Hmm. And just to notice that and pay attention to that. And then think about, you know, over time, you know, if there's a certain pattern that maybe, maybe you find because you're taking this time away from distractions to contemplate, <laughs> maybe you find that, oh, yeah, that's right. This is what my first wife did. Or this was how my my mother would tell me when she was in bad mood uh, to command me around and, and do things. And so when you start to notice that, then maybe you could have a conversation next time that you're just sitting at the dinner table, having a good time or whatever. You know what I noticed, honey? I noticed that when you asked me to help you with this particular tone of voice, I noticed that that really irritates me. And then when I was thinking about it, then I remember, oh God, that's how my ex-wife did. And that's how my mother used to tell me when she was on me about doing chores. And, um, you know, so I was just wondering if maybe, maybe we can just kind of work this a different way. And, and maybe if you ask me in this way, or uh, maybe we can have another system. But this way, when you're bringing it up like this, you're not complaining, you're not blaming, you're not pointing fingers. You are bringing up, you, you're owning and claiming that you recognize your own reaction. And that piece is kind of like, oh, shining the light where the dark is. And, oh, well, let's pull this out. And I can see that this is just something that's a pattern that happens over and over and over again. What can we do together? Maybe you can help me because I don't like when this comes up in me. That makes me feel grumpy. And then I sometimes I've snapped in this, that, and the other. And I don't want to keep on doing that because I love you and I want to have a great relationship with you. And so when we bring it up like this, and I wonder if you can you can tell if you could, if you kind of get that feeling from the way that I was using this example, that if you were on the receiving end of hearing the perception of you know coming from this person here as that I was representing. Um, if that is something that's easier for you to receive, if I were telling you that in our relationship. And, um, and then because it's all about how do, we, how do we come across. And when we take ownership of our own feelings and our own reactions, and when we start to become that observer and we start noticing these things in ourselves, then... Again, because because I'm not pointing fingers, because I'm not blaming you, I'm not telling out oh, because you always do this and you do this and if you just didn't do this, then this one I would do that. Because when when we're coming at somebody with that attitude, guess what? That attitude is going to foster an attitude on the other end of that conversation, and probably is not going to um, be a, a good conversation. 
And so, so really paying attention, be, becoming an observer of yourself, noticing your own patterns and figuring out where does that stem from? Because it always stems from somewhere. There's a root somewhere. Another thing would be taking quiet time to contemplate, you know, and that could be maybe meditating. Meditating is a lot of this. There are a lot of different ways of meditating, but just taking some time and start to practice this. Um, like I was saying in the last segment, that when you take that time and you start practicing yourself to do this, this becomes part of what you do, then you're going to find that you're going to get better at entertaining yourself. You're going to start to pay more attention to yourself. And uh, the reason why I like to um, talk with people and help people get to this place is because that when we begin to pay attention to ourselves and learn ourselves, we are like a barometer for what's going on. And when we can pay attention to this barometer and tweak as we're going along, then we do not get to the place where we are this big pressure cooker. We feel like we're going to explode. We just take care of things as things happen. And there is more of a flow, more of an ease to it. And and um, and that way, we don't get to where what I call, instead of all these diagnoses, emotionally constipated, <laughs> then we can avoid all that. And if you're already at that place, you can start to do this and become not constipated anymore, okay? <laughs> it's It can be done, and it's so worth the time. I would also recommend taking some time to be device-free. You know, if you're with your loved one, leave the phones in the car or at home and just be in the moment, be in the present moment. You are going to connect so much better. You are going to find that um, you're going to really grow and evolve that relationship that you have with, whether it's by yourself or with the other person that you're with, if it's your significant other or your child or whatever, because you're not constantly distracted. Um, you know, this whole thing about people who think that they can multitask, we can't. Basically, we're just being distracted all the time. And it takes time to go from paying attention to my phone, what I just read on social media, to back on to the other person, what it was. And it may just seem like milliseconds, but it all adds up. And it's that whole switching, switching, switching that actually really reduces your productivity. And of course, when we're talking about relationship, we're not talking about productivity, but a distraction happens at work and in, and in your personal life. And so um, take some time to detach from these devices. You know, you're not going to lose your job because you didn't do an email, you know, at 10 p.m., okay? And if you do, then probably it's good riddance, I would say. So, uh, so try these things. I would really strongly encourage you to implement these things because you are going to find that your stress levels go way down your mental health and your physical health is going to go way up and the connections that you have in your relationships are going to increase and deepen and you're going to find so much more joy and peace in your life. Now, because when you do that, you can really uh, 
shine and we can benefit from all of your beautiful, unique talents that are so needed in this world today. No matter what your talent is, if it's having a beautiful singing voice or it's giving great hugs, we all need it. So go ahead and use these things. Please share this episode with everybody that you you know so that they also can start to practice these things and you can connect with them so that you can go out there and shine your beautiful inner light. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shift Happens. Please join host Karen Weary, Ida Serena Lee, and John Kennedy for another edition of our program next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We wish you continued success as you discover the true you.